Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is The Littlest Cthulhu. Uh, Cthulhu is another Dark Souls streamer um, slash speedrunner. This is the second of two that I recorded for my um, attempt at doing a kind of a big special event during SDDQ, but oh well. Cthulhu is great. Uh, Me and him sit down and kind of talk about speedrunning in general, some advanced techniques in Dark Souls speedrunning, and uh, just Dark Souls in general, which is always a lot of fun. I think that you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Well, uh, DS1 was my first game, and I think I played that first in, a, I think it was 2015 or 2016, no, it was 2016, or end of 2015. Mm-hmm. What, what would make That's, you pick it up? Well, um, see, you know, Dark Souls gets a lot of marketing for being hard and not enough for, you know, being a good game, so... I knew about it for, like, years before I bought it, but I just knew it as that one hard game for masochists. So I just kind of avoided it. Uh, Eventually, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine online, uh, told me, hey, you know, this is actually a good game. You should purchase it and you should play it. So I bought it on Steam, 20 bucks. I have, I think, over 200 hours on it, so I think it was worth it. One of my favorite games of all time. How was, uh, like, what kind of video games were you playing at the time? Like, what was, were you doing a lot of action RPGs and stuff? So your friend was like, you should definitely play this if you like those style of games? Um, uh, at the time I was largely playing, um, I played, uh, quite a few third, per- third person action games, like, uh, the, uh, Batman Arkham series, largely. That's a great series that I played. Um, other than that, I played some FPSs and, uh, WoW as well. What was it like playing Dark Souls for the first time? Like, is it because it's kind of an intimidating world? Like the the controls take some getting used to. Um, you know, you're you're kind of committed to your actions when you press the button, as opposed to stuff like Arkham, where you could kind of cancel out of animations and things like that. Was it was there an adjustment period before you quote unquote got good? Oh yeah, uh, my biggest problem was the controls. Not you know the controls are great and everything, but uh, my first playthrough of Dark Souls One was coming straight out of a playthrough of Ocarina of Time. So I had a lot of issues with remembering what the attack button was what the attack button was for like the first hour or so. So I would constantly roll into enemies and wonder what is going on with these controls. Can I rebind them? Please help. <laughs> Other than that, um, I love being challenged by games, so I never I never had a problem with the difficulty or anything like that. The thirty FPS was a bit hard to get used to, but you get used to it and it just feels smooth after a while, feels natural. Yeah, I remember because uh, I, I started on the console and playing yeah. uh, Dark Souls on the 360, and then seeing people when the, the PC version came out, like you know, use DS Fix to jump it up to 60, and thinking like, oh, that looks bad. Like that doesn't look not, that doesn't look like the game that I play all the time. It looks worse somehow. Um, but people seem to dig it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't have too much of a horse in the in the frame rate argument. Playing the uh, remastered during the network test on the PS4, it kind of I just got used to it. Like it just kind of like any weirdness just went away almost immediately. Yeah. It's definitely something you just adjust to. I know that I was when I first played Bloodborne, I was coming off of like a huge DS3 binge. So getting used to that 30 FPS was like painful at first. <laughs> yeah. Bloodborne, man. I, I wish um I don't have a PS4 Pro, but I really wish uh like they would kind of reoptimize that game to try to just get it to a constant 30. Like, you know, if you have people summoned in or if you're in a particular, particularly large mob, the frame rate drops down pretty pretty significantly. Yeah, it's it's more stable and everything, but they never released a proper pro patch for it. I don't think they uh they I don't think they released a proper one. I think it just happened to run better. Like it was just better yeah. on a PS4 Pro when they um I want to say it was when Sony like did the boost mode for non PS4 Pro games or whatever that that was where they, you got a little bump on on Bloodborne. So yeah. You think that it was since it's a first party game. I mean, I know it's not a first party game, but since it's a console exclusive, they would they would pay to put some more work into it. But maybe it just it's just physically impossible. Yeah, hardware limitations and everything. Mm-hmm. But going back to going back to Dark Souls, uh, 
you know, a huge aspect of the game is the the story around it and the lore and the people digging through it. Obviously, 2015, 2016, a lot of that stuff had been picked through. Were you looking online for lore stories or were you just trying to go in blind and pick it up yourself? Or Well, the the first time I played through the game, I've, I think I had the same experience as a lot of people did, where I finished the game and I thought, what the hell did I just play? Why did I do anything? Because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand anything outside of the intro cutscene and what NPCs told me. I didn't read item descriptions. So I just read around on the wiki. I watched some uh, Vadi video, did things like that. Kind of picked up the story from there. I think it's really good. Yeah, when you first discovered that stuff, I know for me it was kind of an eye-opening thing of like, oh, these characters that I've been that have been basically telling me riddles for forty to sixty hours are actually have backstories. If I pay enough attention, it was kind of mind-blowing. Oh yeah. How long that that first playthrough? Like, how long do you think that that took you to go through it? I think it was like. I honestly don't remember. I think it was somewhere between 25 and 35 hours. But I didn't do the DLC. And I skipped some of... I think... I didn't fight Gwendolyn. I didn't do the DLC. I didn't do a lot of the stuff outside of just the required bosses. Sure, yeah. A lot of that stuff... I mean, like, the DLC is... If you don't have somebody telling you where it is, it's kind of hard to find, to be honest with you. It's going to be harder to stumble into that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Good luck figuring that out on your own. I don't yeah. think Sherlock Holmes could have... Uh, figured that one out <laughs> yeah i remember uh when that when it came out uh it, the the dlc actually hit on pc first because the dark souls one with the the artorias with the abyss edition came out and that dlc wasn't on consoles for another couple of months and i tried to like avoid as many spoilers as possible and then so the day it comes out for 360 i buy it and i like have the day off and I'm like, I load into my game and I have it purchased and I'm like, okay, what the fuck do I do? So I immediately had to go online and look at it because I didn't want to spend four or five hours trying to find it, you know? Oh, yeah. I think four or five hours, that's a pretty generous estimate. I think 50 would be, uh, <laughs> it, like, honestly more than that. I don't know. I'm sure From leaked it themselves how to get in there because there's there's no bit there's no way anybody figured that out. Yeah, everybody knew uh, they had to have told you know game journalists or, or whatever or reviewers or what have you beforehand because like otherwise it's you know it's so inscrutable. You know, I kill a guy over here, I go find a dude over here, I get a thing, and I go back to that first place. Like it's kind of it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you kind of know from software games. So yeah, what a like, do you remember any of the mechanical stuff about that first playthrough? Like, at your build or anything? What did you gravitate towards? Remember, I think I had, like... My first playthrough was more like one and a half playthroughs because my first actual go at the game... I I remember I started as a Wanderer because I thought, you know, he looked cool. Uh, that that was my entire reasoning. Played through the entire game up to, like, Quaylog, And it, here's, here's the kicker. Uh, the friend who told me to buy the game told me to pick the old witch's ring. You know, so I could hear uh, the fair lady's dialogue. And when I got to when I got to the fair lady, um, a bit of a moment of shame here. I, I killed her because uh, <laughs> demons were bad in my mind. Sure, yeah, that's that's and, a reasonable uh, expectations. I think she's a half spider lady demon. Like she's probably a bad chick. <laughs> yeah, so I I told a couple friends about that. They said, "Cthulhu, you're a moron. You need to restart your playthrough." So that's what I did, and then I that second playthrough I I finished the game on. It was uh, I remember I used the uh, the Svihunda for the entire game, pretty much. The big fuck off sword. It's kind of my favorite weapons in Dark Souls nowadays. Oh yeah, I'm more of a Dex person myself, but in DS1 it was just absurd how good it was. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. Before they uh, when they announced the remaster, I kind of had the bug, so I went in and started a new playthrough and. Uh, just pick that up and then just kind of walk through most of the game. <laughs> like it's, oh, yeah. it makes it so easy. Obviously it's, you know, a lot of experience playing the game, but I hadn't played it in several years at that point. So it's, but man, it, it, it definitely does a huge amount of damage. Yeah. Strength weapons are like ultra easy mode in DS in DS one. It's kind of, it's, it's weird to me how people really considered that game that hard when it's the only souls game where it's totally viable to just poise face tank your way through everything with the Zweihander and just chugging Estus and that's viable. You can do that. Yeah, you can. And the, the, the boss HP feels like it's 
so dramatically lower than the late game Bloodborne or a lot of the Dark Souls 3 bosses that you, you can just kind of get through it in a lot of cases as opposed to having to be having to execute almost flawlessly for a long amount of time. Yeah, it has, like, Dark Souls 1 has a weird curve with, like, boss HP, I feel. Because Asylum Demon, what you'd expect from a first boss. Taurus Demon is, you know, easy as well. Bell Gargoyle's first challenge. They all have, like, the amount of HP you would expect them to. Gaping Dragon is really tanky, I feel, and so is Quaylog. Quaylog takes me a while to kill just because she, she's just high damage resistance for some reason. And then everything else is fine from there. Yeah, those two bosses in the middle of the game have always struck me as like two of the harder bosses, just for where you're fighting them. Um, I always used to camp out because you got so many souls for summoning, getting summoned for Gaping Dragon that you know you could hang out there, farm the um, the little slime dudes for Titanite, and then rack up a bunch of souls. You could upgrade your flame or upgrade your weapons or, or what happened or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got used to it, but like you could tell people would go in and have no idea what they were doing. <laughs> And using up all their Estus in like the first 30 seconds of the fight or whatever. Yeah. I remember, I think, I don't, hmm. I'm trying to remember how much I died to Quaylog on my first playthrough. Must have been like 10 times because I was just not experienced. I know some people, I'm good at figuring out bosses quickly, but I know some people, I've heard horror stories about people going down to fight Quaylog with like a plus four weapon because they didn't understand weapon upgrades and them just being stuck for a long time. Yeah, because if you get down there without a high enough DPS, like it's obviously it's possible. Like you know, Dark Souls is about seven or eight years old at this point, so we've seen yeah. literally everybody do every challenge run that's conceivable with it. But um, for an, an average player, for just like some rando off the street, not having uh, a, a decent weapon is a real, real bad thing for those fights. Oh yeah, I think. Even with a plus ten, she's tanky. I don't want to talk about Quaylog anymore. I'm getting, I'm getting these <laughs> Vietnam flashbacks. I didn't mean to put you in some PTSD. Cthulhu, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Plus you, five uh, scimitar. Do you have any like of your favorite uh, kind of stories that came out of that first playthrough? Like, did you fall for the obvious traps, or uh, did you get invaded? Any kind of cool stories that came out of that that first run? Uh, I have a few. I think a cup. Hmm. The first notable happening you could say was i was complaining about how undead berg is too hard and i can't get through it without chugging all my estus and dying at taurus demon so the the friend who uh told me to buy his game buy, buy his game buy the game my friend's miyazaki by the way um he <laughs> screen shared with me miyazaki. on skype <laughs> yeah and he screen shared the game with me on Skype, and he just showed me going through the... He showed himself going through the entire Berg without taking any damage. And I remember I was so upset. It was, like, un- irrationally upset because somebody else could go through that first level without taking damage, and I just couldn't do it. Um, second one, probably... I think this one is my favorite. It was my first, like, truly, like rage moment in Dark Souls because you know, I enjoy a good challenge. I didn't feel like the game was unfair or anything. But I was in the middle of my playthrough. I was close to the end. I was farming Titanite chunks from the uh, Dark Wraiths in uh, New Londo. And I ended up falling down the elevator shaft not once, but twice. And I lost all all of my humanity and all of my souls. (laughs) That made me put the game down for a good couple days. (laughs) I like how Dark Souls makes different people uh, rage quit on different things. Um, for me, the my first big like kind of I can't do this anymore moment was getting past the In Orlando archers. Like I finally got past them, and then for whatever reason, on my first run, the Silver Knights were just too much for me. Like it was just the it was the you know it was the straw. Like I couldn't I just couldn't handle the game anymore. I couldn't get to the boss fight without any health or without taking damage or whatever. I hadn't figured mm-hmm. out that you could just run past everything, which is obviously the easy mode <laughs> to do everything. And yeah, I just like yep. started the whole game over again. Yeah. It's weird. The Anorlando archers, it, it kind of goes to show how dark souls is difficult in different ways for everybody. I've never had a problem with them personally. I just, I don't know if I just get lucky, but I can just run straight through the arrows and just parry them off the cliff, and there I am. 
yeah nowadays i'm i'm way easier uh it's way easier for me to do like it's when i did it the last time uh it was you know it was a one-shot attempt just run up there and knock them off and, and you're good to go but uh it is it is kind of dicey like when you once you get over there to that 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 archer and you have to either parry or kick him off or kill him or whatever like it is it you just do, do start feeling nervous just because you're in a precarious position which i think that's one of the great things that the souls games do is even if you're experienced with the game you're you're kind of on edge during certain parts of it oh yeah you can't you can't get cocky because if you do you know your pinwheel can kill you if you aren't careful there's you can't let your guard down even if you're a god at the game. Pinwheel early on is actually a really fun and, and interesting fight. Like he'll do some crazy shit that you don't normally see because you usually hit him up, you know, post in Orlando. I, and I think he might be uh, my favorite song on the soundtrack. Like it's it's kind of an underappreciated thing because you usually aren't in the fight for very long, so you don't hear but the first you know forty five seconds of it. Yeah, I don't. I think that might be the only one of the only Dark Souls boss tracks that I can't remember from memory because I hear the first 10 seconds of it and the boss is dead. Exactly, yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, playing Dark Souls 3, playing Bloodborne. After you finished yeah. Dark Souls 1, did you, what was your next game? Like, Were you kind of obsessed with the series at that point? What did, what did you decide to do next? Um, I would say I was pretty obsessed with Dark Souls 1. I, prob- I beat it, I think, two more times after my first playthrough. Put another probably. I put a solid 100 hours into it before I tried another Souls game. I bought Scholar of the First Sin, and you know how that's kind of the uh, black sheep of the series. I went in and I was so disappointed. The combat felt clunky and everything. You know, kind of the typical complaints. So I set that down and bought Dark Souls 3 instead. And now that's the Souls game I've played the most. I think it's not my favorite in the series, but I've I have over a thousand hours in it at this point, and I speedrun it and do challenge runs. So that's my niche Souls game. That's what I play the most. That's the one that you, you go to. What, which, which one's your favorite? Just out of curiosity, since you mentioned it. Um, my favorite Dark Souls game is actually Dark Souls 2 now. Uh, surprise surprises me every time I think about it. And my favorite Souls, like, favorite game in, like, the Souls-like anthology is Bloodborne. That game is just lovely. Yeah, I'm a this, this entire podcast. <clears throat> I've had very, very few people come on and, and talk talk shit about Bloodborne. Pretty much everybody that comes on it, this podcast is either has not played it because they're a PC guy or a PC mm-hmm. person, I should say, or they uh, they they are absolutely in love with it. Yeah, I bought my PS4 just to play Bloodborne. It is a Bloodborne machine. That's <laughs> for, what it's for. Is it one of the world's few $450 video games? <laughs> I know so many people that get picked up a PS4 for, just for Bloodborne. Like I, I didn't, but like I knew that from software had something coming, so it was just kind of a thing for for me. But uh, I know so many people that have done that or borrowed pe- people's PS4s just to play Bloodborne. So. It, was, it was worth every penny. <laughs> what? Uh, tell me about Bloodborne a little bit. Like at that point. Did, did you go, you said you, you, you went to Dark Souls 3, but did, so you picked up the Bloodborne later because you were seeing it? I'm just, before we get into your thousand hour video game, I kind of want to go to the side games a little bit. Well, the order was like, I, I played Dark Souls 1 for like three playthroughs, probably like 100 some hours. I told you like I picked up Dark Souls 2 and was a bit disappointed, so I set that down. I played Dark Souls 3 for many hundreds of hours. I started speedrunning it. I started doing the, um, challenge runs, things like that. And then I picked up Bloodborne because I decided that I liked the other the other uh, three games enough. And I heard only good things about Bloodborne. I figured I'll put down like the $300 to get it on PS4, get a PS4. And I just started playing it and I loved it. One of my favorite games of all time, I think. I don't know what my single favorite is probably World of Warcraft just because I've played that game pretty much my entire life, but I think Bloodborne is number two or number three, without a doubt. What is it? Is it the world? Is it the combat? Is it the combination of it? What do you think it is? It's like, I think in terms of Souls games, it's like the complete package, I feel, because Bloodborne combat is my favorite combat in the game just because, in the in the series, because it's just, it's so frenetic and it can be so chaotic. It really encourages you to get in there and just, you know, shred your enemies and none of the other Souls games really scratch that itch. Even Dark Souls 3, which is more active in comparison to 1 and 2, not quite the same. I think Bloodborne also has the best soundtrack in the entire Souls series. 
Um, one of my favorite overall game soundtracks ever. Um, the lore in the world is my favorite part of it, I think, because I love classical horror, like, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I also love everything Lovecraftian. Just look at my screen name. kind of tells you everything. So combining all those things together, it's just the complete experience for me. Had you been spoiled or did you already know going in uh, the, the twist that Bloodborne makes from that classical horror vibe from the first half to the kind of cosmic horror of the second half? I unfortunately was kind of spoiled on the whole thing because um, I thought I would never play it because it was a PS4 exclusive. I just couldn't see myself putting down the money for a PS4 and the game. So assuming I would never play it, I just kind of looked everything up and knew everything going in. Uh. Still... Like the the shock and awe was gone, but it was still really fun to play. Yeah, it's um, it's it, it's hard for me to objectively like or even subjectively make list like top ten lists about this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard for me to say like which one is better. I have the most hours in Dark Souls one because I kind of I really fell into the PvP scene there. Uh, but I have had the most fun and have probably done. Um, like I feel like I've done every single possible build that I want to do in Bloodborne. Like I feel like I have like squeezed the juice out of that game until there is no more juice to be had. Uh, and it's, and I think that's possibly the kind of the limitation of the the weapon trick system or the excuse me the trick weapon system just by having yeah. lim- more limited weapons and limited stats. But boy, that's that's not a negative in my mind at all. Like I actually kind of like it that I feel like I've completely done everything I've ever, I ever wanted to do with that. I think it's. Like I said, I think it's one of the tightest Souls games in terms of it's compact and everything, but everything in it is so quality that you can, like you said, you can squeeze it dry and you'll get, you you enjoy every last drop of the game, mm-hmm. even if it's not much in comparison to the other games. So I want to jump into Dark Souls 2 a little bit, just because I want to hear um, kind of the the change in, in your impression because you, you started it, didn't like it. And then you just mentioned that it was possibly like your favorite out of the, the primary dark souls games. What? Yeah. I mean, obviously pretty much everybody that, that listens to the show uh, kind of knows the differences between dark souls two and the rest of the games and kind of the troubled development history and all of the stuff that went into that. But what specifically as you were playing it has made it your, your favorite? Like what, what is the connection you have to that game? I think, I don't know if I can really describe it objectively. It's just what got me into it is it, it just kind of clicked eventually. I just started, I was playing it, I was lukewarm, and eventually I just started enjoying it. I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. And I just liked it the more I played it. I mean, thinking about why I like it overall rather than how I got into it, it's just comfy to play. It's comfy Souls. It's the Souls game I can just play to relax. I love the idea of comfy souls. That's very nice because <laughs> it's so. These games are so not that up until you get to a certain point, and uh, like Dark Souls One is definitely like a comfort food for me. I can just load it up and play, and be as relaxed as I am playing, you know, like a casual puzzle game or something without too many stakes. And yeah, yeah, it's it's funny how these games can can go from oh my god, they're so hard, they're the hardest game, prepare to die, you're gonna die over and over again to. Um, something that you do for comfort, like that—that's again, like one of the, some of the strengths of these games. Mm-hmm. Like just once you're familiar with it, once you know everything, like Souls games, they just—they just click eventually. Mm-hmm. It's—they're intuitively designed, and there's endless praise I can throw on the series because it's my favorite game series. You would think but. it's endless, but this is probably going to be like episode 150 of this. <laughs> so it seems like a, there's, there is, there is, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I, there's just a whole lot of praise out there for it. I'm, I'm curious if I can ever run out of people to talk, sh- to talk sugar about uh, dark souls or bloodborne or any of these games, because man, it doesn't seem like everybody I talk to absolutely loves them. Oh so. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, I, I got you on this podcast because uh, I was looking, I, I reached out for speedrunners because I was, I've never actually had any speedrunners on the show before. I've had people that do challenge runs and that maybe kind of casually speedrun, but no, nobody that, um, like you mentioned when we first got on the call, that you were practicing Dark Souls 3, and I can only assume that that was for a challenge or a speedrun. Um, so, yeah. I, I want to get into a little bit of that. Uh, did that start with Dark Souls 3? 
Well, hmm. Uh, I did... The first Souls game I tried to speedrun was Dark Souls 1. After my first couple playthroughs, I kind of... I tried to get into it, uh, into the whole speedrunning scene, but I I just didn't... Like, as much as I loved DS1, I couldn't really enjoy the speedrun as much as casually playing it. I think it was a combat... I think it was move swap that honestly turned me off, since it gives you such ridiculous damage. It kind of... Like, Dark Souls 1 is a fairly simple game once you get down to it, and... It kind of neutered the combat move swap even further. So, I, I was actually thinking about speedrunning the remaster because actual combat will be in the speedrun. Yeah, they've uh, they've apparently fixed all those move swap glitches. So. Oh yeah. So, you kind of started it in Dark Souls One and then fell off. Uh, so picked it back up again for Dark Souls Three. Oh yeah. After probably putting, I don't, I don't even know how many hours. Probably three hundred to four hundred hours in Dark Souls Three. I thought about speedrunning it because you know, if I like a game, my tendency is to try the speedrun. I did that with, I speedrun Arkham City for a while. I speedrun Undertale for a bit. So it was just, it felt natural for me to try Dark Souls Three speedrunning, and it has been a wild ride. <laughs> So let's let's back up for a minute and talk about like how you got into speedrunning in general. Like what was the what was your entrance point for that? I've been watching speedruns since I was like I don't even know how young, probably seven or eight years old. Like you remember if you're familiar with like if you've been familiar with the speedrunning scene for a while, like I started watching runs of my favorite games since like Speed Demos Archive was the go to website for yep. watching speedruns. Mm-hmm. I remember finding that like I, uh, when I fi- finally got high-speed internet for the first time, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe people can do this with Mario. Like That was my, my ri- original reaction to all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. I watched basically any game that I played and I liked enough, I would watch a speedrun of it. So a lot of the classic Mario games, a lot of the Zelda games, um, Batman Arkham Asylum, back when that game was newer, I watched a speedrun of that on SDA. Just anything. I just watched speedruns because i enjoyed them and uh i started speedrunning myself because i enjoyed watching them so when you started with dark souls 3 uh yeah is that when you start with any game let me let me let me ask this question um do you try to figure out everything on your own or do you look at existing techniques from um from from runners that have done it before or do you try to are you trying to create your own routes? Because I know speedrunning has always seemed to me as an outsider, somebody who literally just watches it um, mm-hmm. and then occasionally runs past people in Dark Souls. That's my equivalent of speedrunning. <laughs> um, it's always seemed like it's kind of built on the on the shoulders of the people that came before. So like everybody is kind of putting in the the effort. Like everybody who who discovers something shares it with everybody else so that everybody can get elevated, right? Um, yeah. Is is that the case? Like when you start running something like Dark Souls three, do you look at the community? Do you go find people that are running it and see and try to replicate that, or try to alter it to match what your style of play? Or how how do you approach a game like that? See, the way I got into Dark Souls three specifically was so you know I liked the game. I considered speedrunning it. Um, and if you're you're if you're a fan of the Soul series, you definitely know of uh, Demo- uh, the Democracy who makes boss rankings and stuff. He made a full tutorial for a Dark Souls 3 all-bosses speedrun with both DLCs, and that's where I started. I started with that tutorial, which the route he uses is not meta at all. It's very slow, relatively speaking. But, that you know, that's how I started. And I distinctly remember thinking I got to, like, Abyss Watchers in his route, and I wanted to learn some of the skips. Because one of the uh, one of the allures of his run was that it didn't have any of the hard skips in it, but I I still wanted to try the hard skips. So I joined the Speed Souls Discord, and I asked for some help with the skips. They asked me, "Hey, what route are you running?" I said, "I'm running D D-mod, mods route." And they're like, "You know, if you're going to do skips, you might as well just learn the meta route." So that's what I started doing. And for the meta route, when I started learning it, there were no tutorials at the time. So I had to learn the whole... I had to reverse engineer um, a lot of the run just from reading the notes on it and from watching the world record at the time, which was Dist's 124.17. 
uh, other than some skip tutorials, there really weren't many resources for bosses or overall pathing or stamina management or anything like that. So it was a combination of, like what you said, kind of trying things out on my own and also uh, just building off of what other people did. One of the things that I've always respected about speedrunners is the um, the sheer determination. Like it requires oh, yeah. an, an ext- just an extreme amount of patience and almost stubbornness to, hey, I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going to do it over and over again, and I'm going to shave milliseconds at, over a series of an hour so that that turns into seconds so that I can you know try to improve myself as much as possible. Um, is that... I mean, it, I, I'm going to ask a stupid question. Like my, my the question that was almost about to come out of my mouth is, is that hard? Which I know is yeah, the answer to that is yes. But what what goes into your mind when when you're doing these things? Is it because I would I would see myself getting very frustrated. I remember watching Dark Souls one speed runs. Um, I can't remember the, the streamer name now, and I feel bad about it. But this was years and years ago when you know before it had come out on PC, and the the streamer would just you know load up a new game. Uh, try to get the Black Knight halberd from the one Black Knight, not get it, and then reset. <laughs> and then just do that, you know, five or ten times, sometimes 20 times before he got the Black Knight halberd, and then he continued the run, which could get messed up in the future. So when you're when you're doing yeah. these things, when you're practicing all of this stuff, is it is it like what's going through your mind? Are you are you thinking are you are you, are you intense? Like are you is it something that you're kind of keyed up about or are you relaxed and, and just kind of treating every run like it's practice? It's, it can be an emotional roller coaster. It really depends on exactly what I'm doing. Um, if I'm learning something new, then sometimes it'll, if it's an easy skip or an easy boss, uh, anything, if it's easy enough, I'll just learn it and I'll move on. I'll worry about improving it later, kind of as I do runs. Mm-hmm. But there are skips. Like, I'm sure you know, if you've watched a DS3 run, especially, um, did you see. Uh, Savvy TV's AGDQ run. Yes. I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fair and keep skip. That uh, that almost broke me. That was terrible. <laughs> watching that, it almost broke me, and I wasn't even playing it. I was just watching it, going excuse, because <laughs> me and my wife watch a lot of AGDQ together. Um, yeah. She's really just there for the Tetris stuff, but like I, I like all of it, so it <laughs> stays on in the background pretty much all week, and. Uh, just just watching it out like literally out loud was like holy shit and she was like what and i was like i I can't even explain what that dude just did i have no idea what just happened (laughs) oh yeah it's uh it looks very it's very crisp when like you accomplish it it's it's crisp seeing it like you see them you know slide into that little crevice by the annoying dogs and like they jump out you hear the the uh the keyboard clacking and you think damn that was smooth i love seeing that it's not so fun doing it because I've I have probably spent a cumulative close to 24 hours just on FKS. That's not including learning it. That's just practicing it and doing it in runs. I'm still not 100% consistent at it because it's so hard. Like I spent the first probably six hours of it just of learning it, just failing over and over and over and over again. Got frustrated to near tears several times, and that's all for like a two minute time save over the course of like a 90 minute run. Are you to practice that kind of stuff? Are you setting up like a like a like a basically like a save that you could just basically reload every time so that you can go to the same spot so that you can practice it? Or are you trying to practice the entire run to get there and then do the skip and then to keep going? Oh, we use um we use a save organizer, which is it it it, it essentially just lets you make save states. You quit out, okay. you create a yeah. copy of your save file, you load it. Uh, if I had to do the entire run up to FKS and then attempt it every time I wanted to practice it, I would not be running the game. Um, <laughs> it would but, be too yeah. hard. It'd be too much, right? Yeah. So it's it can be disheartening to sit down for like hours at a time, try FKS. Oh, I died. Quit out of the game. Load the save file. Load back in over and over again for hours and never getting it right. That was heartbreaking, but. Now I can get it, you know, once, you, once you've become consistent at it, nine out of ten times you can get it. It's not really an issue anymore. It's so gratifying to look back and see where you came from. Do you, uh, in, in, kind of in line with that, is, do you record yourself doing this every time and just have like a shitload of videos on YouTube or locally stored or, or what have you so you can go back and, and see that improvement? I don't... Hmm. I don't really 
I record my practice, but I don't ever upload it anywhere because... So, the way I practice very meticulously, for the most part. When I practice a boss or a skip, what I'll do is I'll record several attempts at said boss or skip, and then I'll go back and I'll just watch it and see what I was doing wrong. I used to take physical notes on how to improve at boss fights. Um, how do I dodge this? Can I strafe this instead of rolling? Can I manage my stamina better to capitalize on this opening? How many time? How many hits does it take to stagger this boss? You know, how many hits can I get here? Like all those things, and I would just do that. And like, I don't have any of those recordings on my computer anymore. But I'm sure if I looked back, I'd I'd see, wow, I'm playing like a total moron. What am I doing? <laughs> just like anything. That's when basically you, when you start at something, right? Like you you're never you don't start something and are extremely accomplished at it and immediately. It takes it takes time to grow those skills. Oh yeah. Like, honestly, one of the coolest things about speedrunning is you don't feel like you're getting better. Well, you do, but there's there's objective improvement that you can measure through a timer. So I'll look back at my old splits and I'll see, it, that's a 10-minute, 40-second Greatwood split. How in God's name is it even possible to be that slow? And like... <laughs> Like, it's just weird. Sometimes you think, how was I ever this bad at the game? Does that kind of mentality uh, hurt you when you're playing games either for the first time or when you're going back through for a non-speed run of Dark Souls 3 or any other game that you have, have speed run in the past? Oh, I, I can get frustrated if I'm not doing well. See, I have very high expectations of myself when it comes to performance in basically anything. So if I'm... Even if I'm just practicing Dark Souls 3 and I'm not quite doing as well, if I'm getting a bunch of slow kills on bosses that I'm practicing, I'll, I'll berate myself a little bit, you know, give myself a little bit of a negative reinforcement through, uh, you know, just, it's not very healthy, but I feel like it's better than not realizing what you're doing wrong, like sure. getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't improve by looking at what you're doing and saying, I'm perfect, there's no way I can be better. Like, you need to see what you're doing wrong. Even if it's, even if sometimes it can be, you know, riddled with anger and it can be irrational at times, it's better than, you know, not realizing what you're doing wrong at all. What do you think the, uh, is, and this could just be the FKS fks that you just mentioned like but the hardest thing you've had to learn um and this doesn't have to be necessarily a souls related game but um the hardest technique or the hardest skill that you had to learn to speed run a game was hardest skip i've ever learned is well that depends in terms of like time to learn fks is definitely the longest it's ever taken me but you know even though i got frustrated with fks i never truly saw red when attempting the skip angel skip on the other hand is absolutely awful, and I hate it, and I never want to have to deal with it again. Tell me what Angel Skip is. I don't recognize it offhand. So, uh, it's in DLC, too. So, you know, um, in the, the, earthen, the Earthen Peak Ruins, right? There are these, they're, they're the angels that shoot at you. Yeah. Um, it's called Angel Skip because you skip killing one of the angel parasites. Well, you don't... You skip running... Pa- I don't even know why the skip is... Never mind. So... Uh, you, you, it saves like 30 seconds because you can skip straight to the uh, Demon Prince's bonfire from uh, by doing a jump gotcha. on the collapsed windmill outside of it. Okay. And it's not, it's not super precise. It's not like you have three frames to do these inputs. It's just annoying because of how you have angels shooting at you. If you fail the skip, you lose like 10 seconds having to run all the way back up to try it again. And uh, it frustrates me talking about it. I'm sure I could, I could write an essay about how terrible it is and how much I hate it. I seem to be uh, pretty good at getting right to the things that you don't like. I'm so sorry. I did this with Quaylog earlier as well. <laughs> sorry, man. It's cool. What a think, What do you think your greatest accomplishment is um, in terms of speedrunning? I think. I don't think it's any specific milestone I've reached because my current all bosses uh, PB is one hour forty five minutes on the dot, which isn't very good. Like it's okay, it's not great, but I'm less impressed by that, and I'm more impressed by looking back and seeing where 
how much I have improved, right? I look at um, some of my old... I have, like... To give you a sense of perspective, my first ever finished run of Dark Souls 3 was 2 hours 48 minutes, something like that. Okay. So just seeing that I've improved my time by over an hour, that, that enough is like, it blows my mind that I can improve that much. And I've only been running the game... You know, actually, I've been running the game for almost a year at this point. I started running it around June in 2016, 2017, so... Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any plans to... Uh, like, you mentioned that you were probably going to be running a little bit of uh, the remastered, Dark Souls 1 remastered, but are you going to... Are you at a point where you're continually just honing those skills and trying to, trying to shave time off of your DS3 run? Like, is that your primary... Do you have primary goals? Like, when you... Like when you think about like, oh, hey, what am I going to do tonight? Is it like I'm, I'm going to work on shaving that 10 seconds off or are you, I'm going to try this new game or that w- w- like w- w- what's next? It's kind of it's all over the place because there are so many things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like just what I'm working on right now, I'm working on obviously I'm working on the Dark Souls 3 speedruns. I'm trying to I'm trying to get um sub which I said was like 124.17. Um and after that, I'm going to see if I want to keep running that category. Right now, I'm also working on a Blood Level 4 and Bloodborne. I'm on Orphan of Cross right now, and he's, he's kicking my ass good. Um, I'm also learning the Dark Souls 2 while bosses speedrun. I want to get into speedrunning Bloodborne. I maybe want to learn Dark Souls Remastered. Um, I'm also doing DS3 challenge runs. I want... There's a lot of stuff I want to do in... Souls games in general. I don't think there's a Souls game other than Demon Souls that I haven't tried speedrunning or doing challenge runs of some kind in. I uh, I kind of neglected to ask you that. Did you did you play Demon Souls at all? Did you go back? No, because I don't I don't have a PS3 and it's not you know it's not backwards compatible, and I don't know if my computer is good enough to run a PS3 emulator at a reasonable frame rate. Yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting. Maybe one day. <laughs> they'll do that remaster that everybody keeps talking about but oh man i it's 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 worth it like it's it's like if you can scare up a ps3 somewhere if our buddy has one it's it's worth playing through because it's it's kind of a a unique entry but um boy is it does it not does it need a a remaster soon like it needs a remaster quick fast and in a hurry yeah i am like i'm thinking i words cannot express how much i want to play demon souls it looks like so much fun i just like, one of the things, this is going to sound weird because everybody else seems to hate it, but the upgrade system in Demon's Souls is something I'm looking forward to. Like, when I, when I play it, I'm, I'm the one person in the world who enjoys the, uh, the Dark Souls 1, like, the needless complexity of the mm-hmm. Dark Souls 1 upgrading Titanite system. Like, I've always liked weird, like, unnecessarily complicated, unintuitive systems in video games. I don't know why. Um, I'm a borderline masochist. That might be part of it. Uh, but I, I can't wait to be totally confused by the, all the 20 million kinds of stones in demon souls. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the graph, like the, 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 there's a kind of a classic, um, image that's been on the demon souls wiki for as long as I can remember it, where it breaks out. Oh, anything. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Like some stuff you can only upgrade from plus three to a different, different, <laughs> element and oh man it gets so crazy i've I've literally talked to hundreds of people about uh dark souls demon souls bloodborne i think you were the only person to ever have that opinion about demon souls upgrade system i'm gonna be curious when this episode comes out if people will come out the woodwork and and, and agree with you if you if you're out there and and you agree with cthulhu's on stuff on, on demon souls please please add us and let us know i'm curious about that can't wait to receive like twitch pms that are telling me cthulhu uh, I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna uh, refer you to a therapist. Please go see him. <laughs> yeah, please. Your your life doesn't need to be this complicated. Just you can just calm down. Just just do just do DS2 infusions. It's fine. You don't need sharp stone. <laughs> I uh, that's still the, the the only game that I don't have the all the trophies or the platinum for because I just I just at a certain point you could not be bothered to track it all down and just didn't care. So yeah. Um. So as somebody that's been uh, running Souls games for a year and has been playing for the last couple of years, uh, do you think that the Soul series in any kind of way has changed 
who you are as a person or has changed you as a person who likes video games or changed the way that you approach video games at all? Uh, well, a couple of ways. I, um, I think Dark Souls, like I said, it, it, it's unlocked my inner masochist. And now if a game is too easy, I need to tweak it in some way to make it brutally difficult for myself. Like, Can you give me an example of that? So, you know, um, hmm, let me think. So, you know, I was talking about the, uh, the Arkham series earlier. Mm-hmm. The, even on hard mode, those games are pretty easy. Like, you can beat it by pressing, like, two buttons the entire game, basically. And, you know, that's, that's a bit, even on hard, that's too easy for me. So, recently I started um, uh, a little mini challenge for myself where I'm trying to... 100% every single Arkham game, all four of them, using minimal upgrades. So that means going through all of the games, 100%ing them, getting only the upgrades required for 100%, which is limited to like utility, like being able to like open doors using hacking from further away and things like that. And I'm almost done with Arkham Asylum. That sounds like a lot that sounds like it's a huge commitment of time how like how successful are you at that on a regular basis like when you approach a, like a combat scene or, or whatever like are you just repeating it when it when something fails i mean i dark souls has taught me that you know if you hit your head against a brick wall long enough it'll break eventually so I, i've gotten better at not giving up just in general if i don't succeed the first ten thousand times i'll try again soul of cinder uh, soul level one for the first time took me five plus hours and over 80 attempts to do and that's the longest a single task has ever taken me in a in a game so from there everything else is kind of relative to that it's not that much you know i can spend an hour failing this over and over and i'll be okay as a as somebody that appreciates the difficulty in these games and, and i think that one of the reasons that Dark Souls is so popular with uh, challenge runners or speed runners is that you can kind of create your own difficulty in a lot of different ways. Dark Souls 2 specifically is good about this, but um, oh, yeah. being able to limit yourself to certain weapons or certain soul levels or, or what have you is kind of interesting and like lets you explore different ways to, to play these games. But as somebody who is interested in that aspect of these games, what do you want to see from From Software? Like what we're we're right before E3. Um, by the time this comes out, we will probably be past E3. If I had to guess, I don't actually know when E3 is this year, but uh, we, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've announced Shadows Die Twice. Um, we don't really know what that is, and then yeah. they've got two games in the hopper, one of which is probably Armored Core. But if it was, if it was your money, if it was your dream, uh, what would they announce at E3 for you to be able to play? So, what I don't want is another Dark Souls game. I don't want Bloodborne Two. I think I want uh, a new game, a new IP, a new universe, new lore, some new gameplay mechanics, all that. That kind of follows the source formula. I want another spiritual successor the same way Dark Souls was to Demon Souls or Bloodborne was to the, 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 other, to the other Souls games. I want to see something like that. Like, like new features specifically I might want are... I don't know. Something like Covenant of Champions in Dark Souls 2, because Dark Souls 3 didn't have that. Maybe a boss rush mode if there are bosses. Some quality of life tweaks, like a playoff line from the options menu that uh, only Bloodborne has for some reason. Just small things like that. They have a great formula, and I just want to see them refine that more in a new IP. That similar kind of third third person stamina based uh, combat system is, is really what you want to see. And kind of further tweaks on that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Cthulhu, thank you very much for guesting on this podcast, man. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you today. Why don't you tell everybody out there uh, where they can find you on the internet? And um, as always, all of these links will be in the show notes. So if you're looking at your phone and trying to figure out where you can go talk to Cthulhu, just go click on the link. Uh, I stream uh, Dark Souls 3 speedrun. Well, it's not just that. I stream all things Souls on my Twitch channel, which is just... Uh, twitch.tv slash the littlest Cthulhu underscores between all the words um, if anybody is interested in maybe running a Souls game after seeing this um, you can also find me on the Speed Souls Discord uh, which I can give uh, a link to uh, this fine gentleman and he can put that in the notes as well 
uh, people there are happy to help. If you just want to watch my streams, there's my Twitch channel. If you have any questions, you can just DM me on Twitch. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, man. I really appreciate you coming on and kind of explaining a little bit of speedrunning stuff to, to, to the audience. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I, I love explaining things. It's, uh, it's one of my uh, greatest passions is explaining things, <laughs> going into more detail than necessary as well. I, I completely get that whenever I have to write something up. Uh, this is mostly for work. Uh, someone asked me to, to explain something, and I sent them back like an eight-paragraph thing, and they're like, I actually just wanted to kind of know the basics. And I'm like, well, you asked. <laughs> I wanted to explain it. <laughs> um, yeah. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to basically everything that the show is, including social media sites, Patreons, um, T-shirts, all that kind of stuff is all at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening as usual, and thank you, everybody, for leaving iTunes reviews. It's actually very helpful for the podcast to leave iTunes reviews, so I very much appreciate you jumping through Apple's hoops to, to do that. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, or maybe even tomorrow, depending on how this works out. But it doesn't matter because all you need to remember is don't give up skeleton. And we're good. All right. That was great, man. That was awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Uh, oh, one last thing. I may or may not have forgotten to f- record like the first five minutes. Hopefully that doesn't become an issue. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and get you to send me your audio because towards the end, yeah. Let's go.